I don't know about you guys, but I have a supernatural erotica book idea in the works. And I'm wondering if you guys had to name a supernatural erotica romance novel, what would you guys call it? Why don't you go first, Gordo? The Missing Link or My New Kink, an erotic romp with Bigfoot. That's not supernatural. That's cryptozoology. It falls in the same. It does not fall in the same. All right. So over here, you're asking us for a question. You can't even answer because you're busy writing Bigfoot porn. On to the next thing. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom. Watch just the first televised episode and forgetting anything we might know about the feature run of that show. Rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Deadbeat. Deadbeat went 36 episodes over three seasons on Hulu. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called The Sexism, originally airing April 9th, 2014. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, most of the boys... Joe, Gordo, and Ferg. Nick can't make it this week. What's going on, guys? hey Hello. Did you get any lube? There's actually a lot of these. Kind of like, I'm here to fuck you is a good one. Do you have any alternates? Yeah, I've had a lot of alternates written down. Uh, Joe loves a good lube joke, though. I'm going to bone your girlfriend, my good man. There's a lot of them in this episode. Um, like, this is a, oh, because of your head hole. Made me laugh way harder than I should have. So to uh, to start off, everyone, welcome to week three of our October spooky episodes spooky. of Supernatural-like uh, Halloween-ish types of things. We we uh, we don't have a name for it. We're two years in, though. But uh, every October, we try to do shows that are Halloween Supernatural-based, something to kind of keep the theme of the month. So um, that being said, we got to this show, Deadbeat. Which um I don't think any of us had any real prior knowledge of, correct? No, not me. No. Negative. It's yeah, this weird is, for a uh, show that was on a streaming network and lasted three seasons and wasn't that long ago for none of us to even know what that's it That's what I said in the chat. Because when I went to watch it and I'm like, I'm thinking it's a one season thing. I'm like, yeah. it explained it. It, it. One season it bombed. It was no, it went under the thing, under the radar. And all of a sudden I see three seasons. I go, how have I never heard of this? It was three yeah. seasons. And fairly good reviews. Is this the first Hulu original we've done? What no, about Rutherford like one. Falls? Rutherford Falls was Peacock. That's a Peacock original. There's so many fucking streaming sites. Yeah, now. Stuff I don't didn't know. remember who does what. Yeah. I, I feel know, like I it's feel not the like first one, but this is also an early streaming original, Dave? I'd say, right? 2014? Yes. No, Dave is Fox. Yeah, yeah no, uh, Dave is on FX. FX, yeah. FX, yeah. So veiny. <laughs> Shows you can go back and listen to, by the way. Uh, S1E1pod.com, by the way. All our social media can be found there everywhere you can listen to us. But if you're listening to us right now, you probably already know how to listen to us. But again, go to S1E1pod.com. We'll give you the links to our socials. S1E1pod on Twitter, Instagram, just about everywhere else. You can search us. Google's easy. You- you'll find us if you're looking for us. It's a 2014. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but i guess in the streaming age things move so quickly where i was trying to think of it i was like obviously we would have had netflix and everything but i don't even think we had hulu in 20 yeah we did it was free yeah hulu was free oh i did i'm saying i didn't have it like i didn't even yeah i I had i'd have to look it up 
if I had Hulu though, it was, I have it through, um, like my Spotify, I have a free account because they had like a promotion a decade ago. So I got it through that, but I don't watch a lot of Hulu. I mean, I use Hulu because of this show a lot. So when we, when we cover Hulu a show, has and it's a lot of Hulu, stuff yeah. for our show. Like <laughs> there's a lot of sitcoms that just kind of rest on Hulu, but I don't think they do a phenomenal job compared to other streaming networks, really advertising what they have. No, yeah. we use Hulu no. mostly to catch up on things that are current season, right? Like, like, Oh, I'll watch the Goldbergs the next day on Hulu or something like that. Like, I don't, that's, that's usually what you use it for. Is yeah. Like a they're a little more unique than say a Netflix in that they have pretty up to date shows. Like even like wrestling, you can watch like the next day condensed. That's and they what have, I like, use it for. And they have like the Hulu live TV. So they, they offer some things that some of the other streamers don't, but they don't really promote their content maybe as well as they should. Maybe that's how we didn't know about this one. I believe they're also the exclusive place to watch stuff from FX. So like if you're watching like anything like that, uh, what we do in the shadows or anything like that, if you want to watch that like the next day or binge the old seasons, it's all in Hulu. But Hulu's always been around. Like they've been along, not as long as Netflix, but they've been around for a long time. But they're more like they're they're like the Zune of the um the streaming platform. Oh, I wouldn't say Netflix. that. No, at, no, at the no. Time but they've they been were. around. No, they were. They've been around for almost as long as Netflix. Since Netflix, I, I'll say this with with this asterisk. Since Netflix became popular and went digital only, because Netflix for a while, you know, you could get the DVDs in the mail. And then they look- transition. So Hulu's yeah, the been around little since envelopes. Then. I wish I looked it up though, because Netflix makes sense. We're like, it's the net, and we're using '90s terminology and movie slang. Netflix. You're like, okay, but what does Hulu mean? Huge, Uncle, Leader Hosen, Uncle. You couldn't. You didn't have two U words. You could have went with. You sound literally like somebody who's in military training on their first day. <laughs> like, <laughs> quick, say it in the military. <laughs> Like uh, Echo Bravo Uncle Umbrella. It actually comes from Mandarin, um, and it means interactive recording and b- bottle gourd. I don't know what the second part is for, but <laughs> well, I'm sure they're using it sense. for the interactive recording part. But well, that makes a lot of sense. Bottle I kind of want I want a bottle gourd after I heard that terrible acronym he tried to do. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I kid. I just got it. <laughs> I'm I'm Gord. Oh no, that name sounds familiar. But uh, yeah, we should probably just get right into this episode. Yeah, deadbeat baby. Yeah, deadbeat time. Um, so yeah, so it starts right off with like this narration, and um, if I was to read the entirety of it, you hear the uh, main character narrating over just kind of a uh, little montage of things going around. And he says, "Ghosts tend to stick around when they have some sort of unfinished business." I can Casper. Uh, Yes, and most ghost <laughs> things. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Continuing on, oftentimes that type of haunting will give some sort of insight into what that unfinished business is. And finishing unfinished business, well, that's literally my business. Um, and we do get a look at the main character during that briefly. It's kind of a lot of external shots, and you do see a little bit of ghost activity in it. It was weird. It was like... um it wasn't the intro to the show, but it felt like it could have been. Like, they could have used that to start every episode. Man, I looked up uh, the main character here. I looked, like, you're just, like, going through all his IMDb. He's in, like, like, a familiar. lot of stuff. He's done a ton of stuff, but I did he, see that he's he got this movie. the early 2000s. 
Well, he's got this movie coming out now where it's like him, and you're like, okay, it's like, ooh, and Richard Dreyfus, and you're like, ooh, okay. <laughs> and then fucking uh, Napoleon Dynamite, and you're like, oh, okay. And fuck, who else is in it? Um, and Rob oh, Zombie's wife. And Danny Glover's in it. And I was like, okay, this is promising. This could be interesting. And then it was like, and also Danny Masterson. And I was like, this movie's not coming out. This will never actually get released. <laughs> These poor people probably put so much time and effort into this to, like, movie. Digitally and change it to shuttled. somebody else. Or they're gonna have to digitally put over uh Topher or somebody over Danny Masterson's face and like What redo was it. um oh who was it? There was a movie that came out not long ago, right? Where they digitally changed it so it's just Tignataro the whole time instead. Shit. Oh fuck yeah! What was I, it? I'm like, what a gigantic undertaking that is, huh? I can't remember now. Was yeah, it the Chris movie Pratt movie with the future? Yeah, it was um, a future movie for sure. I think. Oh, what's that called? I literally the have tomorrow no idea war. What you're talking about? I'm I'm looking it up right now. I, I forget what happened. The, oh, I think it's the yeah. Okay. War. Nope. Yep. He replaced Chris D'Elia in a movie. That's what it was. Uh, Chris D'Elia, in yeah. Army of the Dead. Oh, I was way off. <laughs> Because Chris and Leah did some stuff with people who were not old enough to vote. Yeah. So, oh, Batman. And, and we won't get too into that. So, uh, yeah, getting right back into this episode, we get into the opening scene and we see the main character. Uh, what's his name again? Kevin, right? So, Heck. Kevin's sitting there and he's talking to like a older, not super old, like a, I don't know, they're in their late 40s, early 50s, probably a Korean couple. Like a middle aged couple. Yeah. Right off the bat, I'm. I'm very confused by this character and how I feel about Kevin. So as he's talking to them, he's he says like these disturbances of which we spake over the phone. I don't get that. I don't get that joke. This whole part. Okay, so this whole part confused me because I'm like, is this whole dude's shtick that he says things wrong? But then he says this is a crew to the Asian couple, and I'm like, is that a racist Asian joke? So he was thought- definitely racist. Throughout this whole thing, because when he... He says Scrabble as well. It's Yes, yeah, Scrabble. Oh, I didn't yeah. hear that. So I didn't yeah. know if he was playing into the like Asian RL thing, and he just didn't yeah, understand how that worked and was doing it wrong because he's dumb. But the spake thing made no sense. But I don't know if this was all supposed to be plays on how he interprets their accent. I don't think he's doing it on purpose, though, because he apologizes to them. But he doesn't do it again, like That's the rest what of the I episode. Don't get. It's like they wrote it. And then they took it away and just forgot. It's like they shot the first scene. They were like, you know, this doesn't really work. And they were like, ah, oh, fuck it. Just, we already shot it. Yeah, I don't know. I was super confused. And it's like, it's tough to even go through all the dialogue without just addressing that right off the back. It's like the yeah. first line he said. But, but um, um, he reminds me of, have you seen Haley Joel Osment now? The kid from The yeah, Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, lo- he looks like him. And I feel like if they had him in the movie in this show instead it would have been more successful because of the sixth sense um tie-in that's true that's you a good point yeah it's like the same plot i feel like he could also be in like a boy band with like john gabris and josh gad like, i feel like those three dudes would be like a perfect pairing or like a three stooges type of comedy okay maybe not a boy band but yeah. <laughs> well, he was in together he was. He was in the movie he was He's in the, the um he was oh, he was there he was the one who fired the um Bob Bass at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, he's got like really funny bleached, like like '90s bleached tips. Right. In it. But you see the picture of him in that, you're like, oh, like it weirdly all comes. I'll, together. Have, to, I'll have to check back on it. But yeah, so eventually, um, what this conversation leads to is that he's like interviewing this couple to see what's going on because Kevin's a medium, and he's trying to he's being hired by this couple to deal with the ghosts that they're having in their attic, and they've been hearing like creaking noises and things like 
you know, of that nature. And they show him uh, a Scrabble, like, letter A. And they said that they found this. He's like, oh, I've seen this before. And this is when he says, like, oh, it's a tile for, and he, as he says, Scrabble. Um, he says it's a popular word game. You make words out of these cute tiles here. Um, they're obviously thinking that when he says that I've seen this before, that he meant in cases like this with paranormal activity. Um, but in fact, he meant he's physically seen a Scrabble tile before. Yeah, I didn't like this scene at all. I think it put an early bad taste in my mouth, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah, I will say, uh, initially, I was like, motherfuck, I'm gonna hate this show. And my I, opinions I did just don't get on, it. That's the only thing. This <laughs> like, opening scene is just not, it. it's not it just, a good step, first foot forward, you know what I mean? It just doesn't, it, one, it's not a good first step forward, and two, it just doesn't line up with his character throughout the rest of the episode. Like I he just, doesn't. I, I, I like don't a, think he they're going with the racist thing. I don't. I think but I don't was, know what though. they're going. I think with. it was. I think it was like a subtle. I didn't think. Yeah, I didn't think they wanted to be straight racist about it. I think they wanted to make it like he's an idiot, though. I think they. Like if, I think they should have had more. stronger accents for that joke to make sense because they didn't even really have accents. No, so I think it's part of the joke though is that he's overplaying it because he doesn't have the perception. It's like yeah, I fe- I felt that it was he thought he was speaking to them correctly by pronouncing things in a way he thought they would understand. Maybe. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I, it I might know. be that but he's really racist. bad at dealing with a lot of people. No, th- th- I'm not denying that that's racist in nature, but it's like, um, I know we pull from the office all the time, and me especially. There's a lot of times where Michael would do things like that, and it wasn't the act is kind of racist, but it's not done through malice because it's, through like ignorance and not understanding. Right. It's not so right. you can like get away with the comedy a little bit. But I just think that whatever they were trying to do here didn't land and it didn't make enough sense. So it was just it just starts you off going, like, what's what's happening? Well, I mean, like like you said with the office, like you get the idea because you have a idea of the character. You have a you have a a portrait of the character. You know what I mean? You know them. This guy we don't know. This is like opening scene. Like line like two or three. It is kind of odd in the opening of the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, the way that this all kind of works out is he's going to have to consult with the ghost to see what this actually means. And that's when we get into the actual intro of the show, which was just kind of some like uh, an instrumental piece with another montage kind of showing the city and him walking through it. There wasn't a lot to it. Um, It works for the show. It's something special ghost visions kind of floating around yeah if you didn't know if you watched just the intro alone you wouldn't know that it was a comedy based show necessarily other than kind of the clips of him making food like he was like eating breakfast in a shitty apartment yeah and seeing the ghost for this made me think of what was that show is it dead to me or dead like me do you remember that show that was like the girl had passed away and it was sort of similar to this but not dead like me dead like dead like me yeah like that the intro made me think of that show and then post intro, unless anyone else has any feelings towards it, no, it didn't really affect me. Did it? Um, I mean, do you think it helps the show? Hurts the show? Just exist? Just exist? I think it's so quick yeah. too that you're just like, okay, on to the next thing. I don't think it would turn you off from. Yeah, it's just it is what it anything. is. Anything. It wasn't quick though. I didn't perceive it as quick. It was a little bit longer than I feel like it would have benefited from being quick. Err. 
But it needed lyrics. Great it lyrics. Did. It needed like lyrics, lyrics to, tell to a story. explain to yeah. Exactly. I think they sh- they should have just taken the narration from the beginning and put it over and put it over just it, that yeah. intro. And yeah, like I said, that intro fine. scene, that first opening scene, could have been the intro. Yeah, you know, but instead they, in it, it had like the same music and montagey stuff to it too. It was like they were like, which one do we use? I don't know. Put them both in. See what people like. It's a we pilot. A while ago trying too, stuff out. Like- Not knowing episode two, like I would be curious to see how they go about it the next time. It seems like the kind of show that if you could jump into this show, I feel like, and watch it from anywhere so far, at least it doesn't seem like a show that has one linear plot for the most part or enough that it wouldn't distract you. But then it would be super confusing if that was just the intro and you came in on episode three or something. Yeah. Now, I didn't watch the version from the drive. Um, did you, your version bleep out the swears or those in the show? It's bleeped. It's okay. Bleeped. I was just curious if that was my version or not. Well, you figure if it's bleeped on Hulu who's like the original people to do it, then it's going to be bleeped everywhere else, most yeah. likely, because they're the, they're the ones who presented it. Well, it's syndicated in other places, though. Like, it's on Crave TV in Canada, and it's syndicated in a few other countries, so it might be a standard practices thing for yeah. those countries. Because the first time I watched it, I did watch it on Hulu. Um, but yeah, so the next scene from there, we get into the attic of uh, this Korean couple's house, and he's walking up there alone, and he's kind of... He's talking like to the ghost. So you can see that at least in this moment, you know, he's not a bullshit artist. You know, he believes in the ghost world and everything like that. And he's saying like, um, okay, you obviously chose this tile for a reason. Um, and he places it down where there's some other, you know, Scrabble, uh, tiles. And he's like, all right, so let's, um, you know, let's see what this is about. He does say, um, a hero. In this moment, by the way, he does say hero. He does, here, yeah, yeah. So Again, racist. He, no, but that this—it's not an Asian ghost or anything. He doesn't he know doesn't that. Know that? That's why he said hero. That being like, said, there's like a table that uh, it was like a little end table with like some stuff on it, like a cart or whatever. It, it was a really it moved quickly, but during that, while he's kind of waiting around, it just moves and falls over, and that's when he just like. It's bleep. He's like, oh, fucking, fucking, fucking. I think he says fart at the end. Oh, he screams, you fucking fart. And I was like, is this the <laughs> moment where I have to fight Gordo for the whole episode? <laughs> yes, it is. But he didn't release a, a fart. No, 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 no. I would um, be thankful for that. I'll say his reaction, that made me laugh. Because I was a little like, I wasn't sold on this character. But uh, that caught me. And um, his reaction genuinely made me laugh when that happened. Yeah, this is this whole scene made me start like I feel like one thing about this show as we start getting into the plot here is I feel like you would have to be blind to not see so many of these jokes coming. But you start to get endeared to it a little bit too as it goes on, which is pretty interesting. He his character I don't know. At times it's he's a little too dumb for me and it it gets annoying. Oh my pet peeve. Yeah, so there's a like if you're just playing that he's like kind of a stoner loser character, then it's like whatever. But some of the stuff, like even here, so the next thing that happens is you look at the all the Scrabble tiles that are laid out, and they start to move. And he's like, "Oh, what's going on?" A ang ang angina Angus, and then he just starts talking to himself about like, "Please tell me you're spelling Angus Burger." Oh, I remember this one time I had an Angus patty; it was so juicy, and I was like, "Huh." 
Yeah, he's like, like, oh, I prefer. I didn't eat it. I performed cunnilingus on it. Yeah, like what the fuck is happening? It was just like cunnilingus. Luckily, the second half of this show is much stronger than the first half. Yeah, it was just like at that point, I was like that that dialogue of him talking to himself about eating. He's talking to either himself or a ghost about how much he likes cheeseburgers and how he <laughs> licked it like he was performing cunnilingus. It's like, what is this? Like, what is this? Yeah, it's you not t- funny. And I would have, I wish he, when he said Angus, I was like, is he going to be talking about the movie Angus? Is he going to be talking about Angus Bethune? Because Ang- <laughs> I'd be so happy. Not that I don't love a cheeseburger. Usually, like, when we do these shows, the first, like, up to this point, it, it feels like a roller coaster. Because, you know, if you haven't seen it, like, I... Did we ask how many of us saw it before? Yeah, yeah, we because I think none of us had any knowledge of it. Okay, so none of us seen it. So it's like a roller coaster. You go up, and then you don't know if like you're going like straight down or it's going to be a fun ride. Like, and it's still like that right now. Like, I I don't know. I feel like I'm still going up a little bit here. At this point, this is like you're going up on the roller coaster, and then like one of the seatbelt things snaps off, and you're like, "Okay, so I'm either gonna fucking die, or I'll make it." Fine, inertia will keep you in. (laughs) At this point, if we're talking to just this specific moment, I I'm like, "Fuck this show!" (laughs) It's like, but between all the weird stuff with the couple in the beginning and him talking about eating out a cheeseburger, I'm like, he's trying too hard. He's overacting. It's it's like this typical. I don't know. Th- this I know what this character is, and it's just a little too much for me. And like, it yeah, becomes old. Yeah, it's a little. It gets a little old quick. But um, but it does settle down from there. This is like the worst of it. It's kind of upfront, which is yeah. good. I, I do feel like it lays off of it, and I wonder if again, this is one of those things where it's hard to in our job. But I, like, I would love to see if the second episode doesn't lean in on this weird shit. Yeah, it, it was one of those like. It felt like the the writers were trying too hard to make you laugh in the beginning. Like, we really need to hook them. And they were just throwing too much against the wall really early instead of letting you just kind of digest what was happening. Yeah, it's a perfect example. Like, we talk about in certain sitcoms that character uh, actors knowing their characters. And I feel like this guy, uh, do we say who plays him? Uh, We brought him up earlier. I don't know if we said his. Name. What's what was his it? name? Taylor Labine. Taylor Labine. Or Labine. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but Taylor Labine or Labine. Mr. Labine. Pardon um, me. But either way, I mean, or I don't think that it's he it kind of knows his character at this point yet. Well, here's the thing, though, but he does in like five minutes. That's what's so weird about this episode is that it feels like nobody has any idea what's going on until they leave this attic, attic yeah. set piece. And then you're like, oh, I get this show now. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the show up to this point but no you're absolutely right like it's so weird it's such a weird shift after you get out of here i feel like part of it too is he needs better people like not that the um korean family is not good enough to play off of him but they're not there for very long right so like when all of a sudden this kid pops up the ghost shows up and you're like oh interaction with people make this character a lot more palatable because he's not just like yelling crass nonsense into a void which is what it feels like up until he meets the ghost right because he's not really talking to the asian couple he's in the attic just basically yelling into the void and then finally the ghost shows up and he can be like a real person interacting with another real person and it sort of settles it down a little yeah this is in because when we meet that ghost for the first time 
it happens like right here because he's popping up as he's doing that whole burger, you know, thing. He pulls up. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, it's Angie, not Angus. And when he starts to interact with the ghost, uh, Daniel's his name, right? Yes. When he starts to interact back with Daniel, he's like, wait, you can hear me? So then they start to have this conversation. Kevin introduces himself. He says, um, God, I can't even pronounce his last name to, to quote him. Pe- Pacliaglu, <laughs> what is it? That's all right. Just call him Pac. Yeah. Well, he says, just call me Pac. And yeah, he's Pac like, that's what my friends call me. maybe? Yeah. That's, that's what my friends call me. Well, my friend, my drug dealer. Like, that's so his only friend. He's actually called Pac because that's a reference to Pac-Man who constantly gets heard. chased by ghosts. Which is a, that's a good little touch. That's some smart writing. I thought he was in reference to Pac, the wrestler. Yes, him, him as well. I think that was the main inspiration, but also Pac-Man. X-Pac or Six-Pac? Well, at, no, at the time, Pac. he would have been Adrian Neville, Neville, the king of the cruiserweights. Oh, that guy. Sorry, Nick, if you're listening. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, so he's asking the ghost, you know, hey, I'm, I'm here to kind of fix whatever's going on because the couple downstairs wants you out. And we find out a little bit about, like, the situation. And Daniel basically went to war and got killed. You didn't mention that he also has a hole in his head. There is, head. A, yeah, there's, it's not super gruesome. No. But, yeah, it no. is apparent. That, um, and also, the, the ghosts in this are, like, a little translucent, but they're not, like, floaty. Yeah, it's kind of got that... Yeah, that gray see-through. Yeah, there's, like, a filter to them. Yeah, it's, it's got, um... Got like a haunted mansion vibe to it a little bit. A little bit of that, like uh, visually, not without yeah, yeah, the yeah, floaty visually. part. Yeah, the way like it's um, presented to us. Yeah, but yeah, like he's the, talking- the, the Frighteners, the movie The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox, oh, yeah, which yeah. also has a similar plot to this. Way you know he goes around helping ghosts, people with ghosts. There's a it's lot kind of, of things with this? similar plots to this. This is not like other than yeah, this his is character fairly... being weird. Yeah, this has been I, used. I just mean that it had a similar plot. And, uh, well, I, I was going by that the ghosts look like the ghosts in that, where they keep the way they died, but they're grayed out, but in uh, see-through. Right. Which doesn't make a lot of sense with other afterlife stuff, right? Like, if he's going on, maybe because I guess you don't continue on. I, I don't know how to dissect it, but you would think yeah. in the afterlife you don't have a bullet in your head anymore. Well, this is like the thing we were talking about last, a uh, couple weeks ago with Grandpa Munster, where, like, did he get turned into a vampire at 80 years old, yeah. like, and you're stuck that way? And I know, Ferg, you had your thing about that he wasn't feeding, but, like, that's a bummer. Like, I mean, look, everybody has their own opinions in the afterlife, and everybody would like it to be this idyllic, perfect thing for them if that's what they believe in. You'd like to think that if you were blown away, like, you'd be like, oh, I'm dead now, there's an afterlife, can I have the rest of my fucking head back? Like, what a fucking bummer. I guess- And also, how come mediums can see ghosts, but ghosts can't see mediums? That doesn't seem fair either. I feel bad for these poor ghosts who can't be like, oh, that fucking person can tell what a ghost is. I'm going to talk to them. Well, if you actually listen to some mediums, they do that. They're like a beacon. Oh, sure. Yeah, but I feel like it's <laughs> it can't be as, I mean, 8 billion people have died in the history of mankind. Or a you billion, know that for sure. That, that's all? But you know what I'm saying? Like, you think anybody who's a beacon all day long would be like, shut the fuck up. Like, just trying to get coffee. So I would, I would say, though, um, I guess if I was to theorize. So in his case, Daniel's case, right? He's walking around with a bullet in him still because he hasn't gone on. That's yeah, the difference was, between being a ghost that. and being in like the complete afterlife. Yeah, he hasn't moved uh, on. Okay. So once he moves on, 
he gets his body back. Yeah, everything's fine. Uh, I, I think wanna, that's another one of my issues. Just to backpack off Joe's like eight billion people dying uh, thing. That's one of my issues with this show. Is I would have liked there to just been ghosts everywhere, like and every scene in the background, everything because. There would just be ghosts everywhere that if we don't see, see ghosts, but he can. It should be like when you put the glasses on and they live. You're like yeah. in the bank and every third person is an alien or whatever. Like that would be good yeah. if they just didn't acknowledge it though. And I get it, that would be expensive. <laughs> right. That's probably this why they didn't do it like that. But fledgling nice. new show on a fairly fledgling new TV platform probably didn't have the budget. So Daniel's whole thing was he went to war again. Obviously, as we said with the bullet, he didn't make it through. But beforehand, he used to spend time up in this attic with his girlfriend, Angie, or Angela. And they would, I don't know, basically all we find out is they they were in love and they would, like, make out and stuff, but they never went all the way. She cock-blocked him. I think the army cock-blocked him. Yeah. I don't think that she No, did. it said he signed up for it, so he Yeah, he wasn't drafted. Himself. He enlisted. Well, he thought he was coming back. And, be, and unfortunately, because he didn't come back, he didn't get to come on her back. So, <laughs> the old so, no come hubris. I do love the idea, though, that this dude has been pining and can't go into the afterlife for all these years because he just hasn't gotten laid. Like, that's when you start liking this show more, where you're like, okay, I kind of see the conceit of where this is going. Yes, because it's not, in a lot of these stories, right, in a, in a more conventional tale where Ghost says unfinished business, it would be, I need just one more day with her, one more chance to say I love you. But he's telling. Him that I just want to have sex with her once. I died a virgin. I never got to have sex with her. So and also to, for that to happen, to, I need you to possess. I yeah, need to possess your, body your body so that you can go have sex with her. Yeah, I mean, there's something about this whole story, and I mean, we get into it later. Um, that I just don't get. If you were a virgin, homie, just just go for anybody. Well, I think he can. I think he's intrinsically connected to this person. That's what's keeping him there. I think is part he, of he it. He just said he died a virgin. He didn't say that he, he, you know. Yeah, I don't think you can just be, I don't think he's, I think it's deed out of virgin, but he wanted to have sex with this one person. He didn't want to have what sex with just anybody. What if she was dead? If she was dead, that well, would be a toughie. Yeah, well, then he'd just move on and find her up there, I guess, but. I guess the payoff that she was going to be a lot older, too. Yeah, like, that's right what I'm away, saying. Yeah, I'm like, telegraph it, it's, an old, it's definitely an old war. It's not like a new one. I'm like, she, it's going to be a really old lady that he has to be. <laughs> right. Like, it's such an easy joke that you're like, I know where this is going. Yeah. So the whole thing, though, I mean, the whole theory of like the having I need to have sex with her. Yeah, it has to be done consensually. Right. He can't just like follow her through life. And just the next time she's having sex, like possess that person's body. I mean, I guess you could, but. That seems I mean, morally could. upsetting. Yeah, I mean, he could, but I don't think he has that. I don't think he can leave that area. I mean, they don't really get into the lore of the ghosts or anything like that in this series. But yeah, it seems like a lot of them are trapped like where, where they are. Yeah, yeah, it seems because like we only connected. meet we only meet one other ghost later on. But it seemed like he was also very much stuck where he was. And we'll talk about him soon. But Kevin says to him, like, oh, like you're talking about possessions. Like, uh, I don't do those anymore. So if there's like anything else I can do, like, you know, so I can pay my rent, let's get to it. And the ghost tells him like, hey, I'm only here for Angela. That's it. And it's like a little bit you serious, dead serious. Oh, that was clever. I know. Ha ha ha. And it was like, it was fine. Didn't, it was, that didn't really I liked either, it. Yeah. It was quick. So it was fine. I liked it too. 
But now, uh, next scene, we have Daniel, um, not Daniel, I'm sorry, Kevin is just hanging out at his drug dealer's house, who he mentioned before as his only friend, who I believe his name is Rufy. His, his name is Rufus, Rufy. and they call him Rufy, and he's a drug dealer called Rufy. Which yeah, interesting, is- yeah, interesting name for a drug dealer. And while he's there, he asks for a Happy Meal. I don't know. Is that a drug thing? I don't know. I mean, it is a drug thing, but is that a real drug thing? I don't, I don't do any of these things or recreationally, so I don't know um, what I've that means. I've never heard of it. I've never heard It looks of like that. they're just smoking weed, by the way, just for clarification for people weed. listening. They're not sitting there doing anything crazy, but- Maybe they're smoking know. roofies. <laughs> Should be an interesting night. Yeah. Well, a good, I'm guessing a good night's sleep. So yeah, the probably going to pass out. Quick. But yeah, no, I, I don't know what a Happy Meal was, but it was whatever he was asking of uh, Rufy to give him. And it's an unsatisfying amount of weed that comes with a toy. And there's a good joke here because as he's trying to like pay him, he's like, oh, he's count, Rufy's counting the money. He's like, oh man, you're a little light. And then he says to Rufy, you're a little <laughs> dark. Uh, Rufy is black. So the you're a little light meaning, you know, financially, you don't have all the money, but him replying with you're a little dark was pretty funny. Yeah, this is also where I got the one like actual laugh at him mispronouncing things where he refers to the paranormal festivities movies because I immediately just thought of those movies as Christmas movies and was like, oh, that would be fun. <laughs> well, I don't think he was mispronouncing it. I think in this world, the paranormal activity movies just don't exist. Oh, I sort of read it as he it just is- doesn't know what they're called and that's what he thought they were called. I think it just would have been expensive if it was, for them to name drop the actual movie. Yeah, I think if it was company. in line with the jokes from earlier, he would have said like, like paranormal like activities or like he wouldn't have said the word right, you know. Even he like wouldn't have racist said a Asian word. activity yeah. movie. <laughs> but <laughs> this is not what that means. But that's kind of funny. <laughs> But yeah, he's, he's explaining to Rufus, he's like, you know, right now things aren't going good for me. Like, I'm not getting a lot of jobs. People, you know, they're, it's like, people aren't as afraid of ghosts or they're just more desensitized towards like this haunting thing. So, you know, I'm not getting much work. And Rufus is saying like, you know, you're selling yourself short. He's like, you have like this crazy ability and like, you need to capitalize on that. Like, you're in charge of your clients. And he said, you know, the client's usually more willing to put up a ghost than me. And then they just start getting high. So while they're smoking, they're watching television. And there's this type of, like, daytime TV show. And we have a guy interviewing a girl named Chamomile White. And she's a medium, just like Kevin is. So we think. And he's, um, the host is advertising her new book, which was The Ghost Who Came Inside. Now... I don't know about you guys, but I have a supernatural erotica book idea in the in the works. And I'm wondering if you guys had to name a supernatural erotica romance novel, what would you guys call it? Do you think that there was going to be a quick answer to that? Like, we would have one <laughs> That's ready? That's not one of those things. Like, like I know we're quick-witted sometimes. Preface with that. Like, there's no way we're going to have a name for ghost erotica ready on hand. Why don't you go first, Gordo? The Missing Link or My New Kink, an erotic romp with Bigfoot. That's not supernatural. That's cryptozoology. Yes, it, <laughs> <laughs> it falls in the same. That's it does not same. fall in the same. All right, so over here, you're asking us for a question you can't even answer because you're busy writing Bigfoot porn. On to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> yeah, pause everything. 
I'm not I writing try, big I tried really hard to come up with one, and my brain is just empty. Well, yeah, if I knew that we could we could use all that kind of stuff too, yeah. <laughs> the hotness monster. Yeah, there you see, go. there you go. Yeah, but that's not ghosts. Fine, if you want ghosts, I mean paranormal comtivities. Okay, can we move on from this, please? <laughs> oh, with the name of this episode, the Sexorcist. Oh, that yeah, would also go. work. Anal McBeal, but she's dead. I don't know. I can't do anything. <laughs> what? Why did you go with Allie McBeal? <laughs> We're a TV show podcast. <laughs> Some reckless to Flockhart's like <laughs> sign with anything. <laughs> I like how he just said it, but then he just had a he had a but she's dead. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like that's in parentheses on the actual title. Yeah, it's parenthetical. There was the original add, Anal McBeal at the end of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was the original Anal McBeal, but then they wanted to do a Halloween sequel. And then right. so the new one, instead of calling it Anal McBeal 2, it just says, <laughs> but she's dead. Vagina the Teenage Witch. I don't know. Stop saying anything. Yeah, let's move right on from this. But yeah, so her book is called The Ghost Who Came Inside. And it's known that she's going to be appearing at one of the bookstores tomorrow for a book signing. So it has to be a, like a local daytime show, right? Yeah, I'm assuming this is... Are, there, are they in New York? Did we figure that out? It looked New York, but I, like I, I don't know, know if it was yet. ever outwardly said. They're in no, generic city B. I feel like it's either New York or it's a different city they use for New York, like Vancouver or Toronto. I was going to say something. it's probably Vancouver. Yeah. I feel like I, if you pay attention to some of the stuff like in the background, you'd probably notice like building like signs in uh, shops and stuff that would probably give it away. It is New York. City. New York it is. Okay. So, yeah. So Rufus tells them, hey, you know, you need to go to this book signing, spark up a conversation because like, you know, two of you have a lot in common, both being mediums and all. And Kevin's like, no, a girl like her, like we're from different worlds. Like we can't talk like that's never going to work. He goes on to say, like, you know, she's a celebrity, she's beautiful, and I'm just this lowly jackass who can't, can't even afford my rent. And he's like, matter of fact, I might be homeless by the time I finish this joint. It seems kind of crazy to me to have that power where you're a medium to not be able to monetize it enough that you yeah. can't pay your rent. Like, that seems insane to me. What you well, do he gets is into you, it. What you do is you find a ghost and you become friends with them and then you just have them do tricks. So no one else can see it. They're doing the tricks. You're making the money. So, like a magic show. Yeah. Yeah, because he can hear ghosts. He can hear and see ghosts, right? You find a ghost, be like, hey, I'll help you move on. You do that once a day, be like, hey, I'm going to help you move on, but you got to just come help me make some money. You just can tell, do that. Tell me where your buried treasure is. <laughs> yeah. You I mean, know, imagine I, I, at I one depends, point you've got to hit somebody who's got money hit away. Yeah, it depends how like nice of a person you want to be, right? Like, you could probably just use that ghost to help like rob banks and shit, too, but. Yeah. I like how. I go for just a street performer performing simple magic tricks instead. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be a street performer. I'd be in Vegas, baby. Right. This is how David Lane does it. <laughs> the great Fergini. That's right. But uh, Kevin's telling him, like, hey, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to have to do this whole possession thing for the kid who died in the war. And he tells him how he died a virgin. And he just wants, you know, my body to have sex with his girlfriend. And Rufus is like, wait, like, that's that's it? Like, all you have to do is get laid to get paid. It's like, why aren't you doing that? He's like, when was the last time you had sex? He's like, I don't know. What's today? Friday? He's like, Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday? Um, So eight years ago. That was also predictable. Yeah, Obviously. very telegraphed. Yeah. I think the next line I actually have in my notes is, so this lady's going to be super old, right? Like, it's like they just kept putting it on and on and on. 
Yeah, I thought that was, I thought it was obvious from the start. Like, it just made sense to me, like, looking at him, because Daniel's attire, granted, he wasn't wearing anything, like, crazy, right? He lo- it looked like he just kind of had, like, pants and, like, a sleeveless, like, like a beater on or something, but, um, but yeah, there was a, something about his general look that didn't look like he was of modern day. Right. I will say, though, the reveal, when he figures it out, his comment made me laugh really hard, even what knowing that what the joke was. He's like, yeah, we got to, very funny. Because he does go back to the attic to tell Danny, like, you know, hey, I've reconsidered. I'm gonna bone your girlfriend. I want to know, like, did he knock on these Asian people's house? Like, hey, I gotta go talk to Danny and just run through the house. I think like, you're like on does. kind of like a retainer thing, right? Like when yeah, you, I feel yeah. like you're working on a contract at that point. Like you're part of, you're still in process. If you're hiring the guy to like get ghosts out of your house, you probably have to understand that there might be like a little bit of yeah you know, back and forth, but not a one shot deal. And also, if you have a ghost in your house, you don't want there to be a ghost in your house anymore. So you're probably pretty forgiving of whatever the person who's going to help you needs do to you do. Do you tell the couple, like, what it is I have to do? That's what I was wondering, too. I think so, because of what happens later. We'll see later episode. on, but, like, just in general, like, when he walks down the stairs the first time after meeting Danny, they go, hey, how'd it go? Like, if you have he, to be like, he's oh, smart, he wants me to fuck his old girlfriend. If he's smart, he'd be telling them that this is some evil spirit and they need to keep him on retainer yeah. or, or or else like that fuck this is like nothing I've ever seen before because right now like Danny's just this nice old soldier he wasn't gonna hurt anyone they could have left him up there forever like, and not paid him but like I feel like though if you believe that there is an afterlife and you have proof of it you probably karmically don't want to be doing things that are bad and you probably don't want to be fucking with ghosts because you're someday gonna be in an afterlife so maybe like that's what keeps him from doing it. Yeah, like Kevin's character isn't like he's not like malicious or mean. Yeah, there's nothing he doesn't do anything bad to anybody, right? Like he's not a person in that like he's he's not very ambitious. He seems he's, you know, he likes to do a lot of extra recreational things and he but he's um but he's not a bad human. He doesn't do anything bad uh to anybody else. It's just ectoplasm everywhere. <laughs> the um, a big yeah, horny bird. When he tells Danny that he's going to bone his wife, they go for the high five, which doesn't connect because one's a ghost. I think that was pretty uh, telegraphed yeah. as well. He also makes it known this is a one-time deal, right? He's like, just so you know, like I'm going to do this once, and you're not coming back every time you want to, you know, dip your old wick, as he said. I mean, that's fair. That's a fair question to ask. Yeah. He also asks if she's attractive. A booty call scenario, but he does want to confirm that she's attractive. He says that she's very beautiful. So the next scene, he heads over to the house and knocks on the door, and a very attractive young girl opens the door. And from the second, again, like you guys said, the second she opened the door, you knew exactly where it was going. But he goes, "Ah, Mrs. Danuki, I hope." And she's like, "It's Danucci. Can I help you?" And he's like, "Okay, this is going to sound a bit strange, and I understand that, but..." Here it goes. I've been sent here by Daniel, your boyfriend who died. He's haunting a house that I've been hired to exercise, and the only way that he'll move on is if he can possess my body and use it as a vessel with which to make love to you. Um, I'm here to fuck you. <laughs> that fucking got me, though. <laughs> yeah. He goes see fucking telegraphs and so well at that point. And her reaction, fairly enough, is, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no cops. And she says, I'm not having sex with you. He's like, technically, you'd be having sex with your boyfriend, so no harm, no foul. 
She says, this is I'm where a- the show starts to pick up, and I really start to enjoy it. And a lot of it is the dialogue and the rapid fire. Like, all yeah. of his it's a lot uh, of quick exchange lines. here is so funny between the two of them. Because she says, I'm a lesbian. And he's like, that's just, <laughs> that's a, just phase. a phase. You're you're in morning. Morning. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably the best line of, of the whole thing. And then corrects her grammar. Like, yeah. Even after, like, it's For fucking whom? perfect. For, For whom? whom? <laughs> and then he's like, okay, hold on. Let's try this again. And they shut the door, and he does the knock and re-enter. And then again, hi there. Are you Angie Danuki? I love that he, he gets it wrong the second time. Twice. Too. <laughs> and then when he, he lives in New York no, and doesn't know the last name Danucci. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, no. Okay, is there anyone here by that name? And she says, yes. She's watching her program. No, no. Uh, I think the whole like just hearing the watching her program telegraphs yeah, how you old know she is. old. Yeah. It also could have been stories. <laughs> Watching yeah. my stories. What's but, really weird too is I looked up the actor who plays Nona in this, and she only has like ten acting credits total. She's been acting for seventy years. No, she's been only acting for like at this point like ten years, right? So she's like you know old lady on bus in The Sopranos or whatever. So it's so weird to me that she's like an older woman. She gets into acting, and she was like. Oh, I'm going to get fucked by a slob who's actually a ghost. I'm going to do this acting role. Like, what a great thing to be like, fuck it, I'll do it. Can you imagine if that was your grandmother? It's just like, right. oh, I'm I was in a TV, TV show. show. And like, you, you're like anything else, right? Like, you would watch it. And then it's like, okay, like, I don't, I don't want to watch. Like, as soon as you find out the plot of the show, you're like, I'm not watching it. I'm sorry. I'll watch episode two. I'm not in that one. <laughs> sorry, I don't care. Sorry, Gam Gam. I, I can't, I can't watch this. <laughs> I love when it cuts back to him in this house now, too. I was like, is he just lining up and eating sugar cubes? Like, at first, I was like, has he laid out a bunch of acid or something? That's what this I was thought, another too. joke I didn't get. Because yeah, he's, he's eating just, the sugar cubes, and then he puts on her clothes when, when it's time he's for clearly her to leave. Super I don't high. get it. They when, forced when a lot did with that happen? I didn't know if the sugar cube thing was, like, another drug reference. I didn't get, like, if it intensified something. or I don't know, like... I, not to sound like this like innocent idiot, but I really don't know a lot about drug stuff, so I, I didn't know what was going on here. It the seems like when he I leaves, know. though, he says something about take. He took some of her medicine or took some of her pills, so like maybe he took some of her from her medicine cabinet or something. They don't explain it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. But Jay, the only thing I've ever heard, which would make sense in this scenario, is that orange juice supposedly spikes acid highs. Okay, but. I thought that the sugar cubes were acid. But then you might think that you are a glass of orange juice and you spend the rest of your life never being able to be tipped over. And that's a bad thing, too. I wonder if this was cut for time. If there was another scene or something. There is no time. There is no time. It's Hulu. It's Hulu time. Well, well I think still trying this to was definitely to not it. planned to be a Hulu show and Hulu picked it up. Like That would be my guess. Also, like I said, it was syndicated out to other countries on standard television, so it would... Still have to fit a format for commercial. Yeah, but why would Hulu present that though if it was their own original show? You know what I mean? Like I can understand if we watched the uh, um, syndicated version from a different country, but this should be the full raw. We should get Raw Dog Deadbeat. I would guess, like I said, they made this pilot, shopped it around, got turned down. Hulu said, "We'll buy it," and then they continued the show. Most likely, and then Hulu was like, "But we have a few suggestions." Make the scene where he's clearly very high as confusing for the audience as possible. And they're like, done and done. Cut and post. Yeah, it's almost like they were like, well, we don't have any added budget for this. So 
they they brought it to a test audience and people were like, I don't get the first scene. Like, well, we already made it, so <laughs> too late. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was um. So there's a point where he's sitting there at the table with this grandmother, and she's now caught up to speed. She knows the situation. He asks her like about like you know, does she know much about this kind of medium stuff? And she's like, oh yeah, no, I watch. Um, what was her name? Chamomile White. Every time she's on my programs, and that she's a fan of hers. But she says that doesn't mean I'm going to go along with it. And when he asks why, she says, you know, Daniel was a beautiful boy. Um, but sorry, my my answer is no. Doesn't she have a husband? No, I think we're to believe that maybe the husband's passed away. I mean, Probably. imagine she would have had somebody because she has a granddaughter there. Yeah. Also, but- why did you let this nut job in your house? <laughs> Yeah, like this dude comes in and to your teenage daughter starts saying all this weird shit and she's an old lady in the house is like, yeah, come on in and eat some of my sugar cubes and we'll talk about this. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I feel like he needed to reveal more than just Danny's name. Like, I had, I feel like he should have, like, quoted a love letter that he wrote that was like, you know, something stupid that was only between them. Like, I want to sniff the roses of your butt. Like, uh, yes. Well, he yeah, kind of does that in that he leaves the Scrabble piece with her when he leaves, and she does give it a look, and you can tell that, like, obviously, you know, there's going to be more to the story, right? He's not just going to walk. I off. think he should have led with that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, exactly. He's like, That's I have saying. this, you know, and he could have did more to explain how much he actually knows about the situation. I'd like to think that if I was a medium in this situation and I had to explain myself to different people all the time like that, the first thing I would ask the ghost is, tell me something that only the two of you and no one else in the world would know. That is how you start this conversation. He's a professional. He's been doing this a while. That seems like day one stuff. Also, just leave out the fucking part. Like, you have to come see the ghost. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Like, ease her into it at least. Don't start with, like, I need to... I need to get it, get it, lay some pipe. Like, well, in fairness, yeah, but then the poor, the, what if the old lady's like, no, 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 this happened once before. Somebody told me it was my ex-boyfriend. I ended up just fucking some hobo in an attic. I'm not, <laughs> fool me once, but I'm not doing it well, again. Well, at first he was presenting it in fairness to the other girl, right? So his approach might have been different if he knew who it was at first, that it was Nona and not the younger girl. It does leave with her just kind of looking at that scrabble piece. and We'll get back to her as we go along. The next scene, we just see him kind of like walking, you know, through the city, and he spots that girl, Camomile White, the television medium, and he's just kind of like following her instead of saying hi to her. He's just kind of like creeping around, which I didn't quite understand why he had to be so sneaky. This scene went on way too long. He's also <laughs> following her like he's like the Pink Panther. Like he's yeah, doing yeah, like he's yeah. like over-exaggerated detective, like hide behind here, she can't see me thing. And, and she's we, just chugging Baja Blast for some reason. Like, this whole scene all, is yeah, so Yeah, all we discover is that she leaves, like, a 7-Eleven or a store like that. And she gets, like, a giant blue Slurpee. And it's her hiding, like, in, you know, like, not in an alley, but, like, off to the side. And she just starts chugging it. And there's no explanation. And it does get touched on later. So, I mean, there is a payoff to it. I do appreciate there was a payoff, because at but this in the scene, moment, you're very confused. In the moment, was there, like, any theory as to what was going on? A lot of the show's telegraph, but here I'm like, I, I, it, I thought it was, like, just, like, a guilty pleasure. Because she's supposed to be out. so, like, prim and proper. I thought, like, it was just a guilty pleasure that she likes slushies and she didn't want anyone to see it. 
Yeah, that's what I got too. No, I, I I have figured it out. I figured she does the supernatural stuff, so then she can regurgitate the blue stuff, so people think it's ectoplasm. You figured like that. that out in that quick scene? Yeah, liar. Well, you're smart. I, so, I, I swear I had God. nothing on that. <laughs> so, also, most unrealistic scene ever to watch somebody chug something like that, and then I feel like it was a missed opportunity to not cut to her being like, "Ah, fuck my head, my head, my keep, head." Also, keep, you in, keep in mind you had head. me watch the trailer for the show when you were uh, giving us the show, so I've seen that she was a fake already. So I, okay. I, I oh, knew so she you already was knew fake. that going into it. The next scene is her in that book reading um, thing that she had promoted on the television show. And she's reading an excerpt from the book. And the line we hear is, even though he was gone, I could feel him around me, inside me. So it is ghost erotica. So at first I'm thinking like the book is about how she's a medium and that the name sounded like it was a sex thing, but it wasn't like deliberate, like she was ignorant towards it. But in reality, it is just ghost erotica. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Gorda, we know you're sure, a big fan sure, of yeah. at least uh, some erotica that's not ghost-oriented. Bigfoot is in the world of ghosts. I don't think he is. He's Listen, not. if it appears on the History Channel at like 2 in the morning... So Canadian car shows are also in the same world as ghosts? There's a vast difference between cryptozoology and supernatural. They all fall. Very different. No, thing. it's not. Aliens. Aliens are not shit. supernatural. No, yes, you're a racist. Are. You're a racist. You're lumping all this stuff in together. <laughs> I am not a racist. I think it's like a. I think they make them like a, a specious. <laughs> there you go. Damn specious. No, all species all look the same. It's all spooky. It's all. I want to apologize to our listeners because you know I've I've known Gordo for the majority of my life. I didn't know he was a specious until today, and. I don't know if we have to formally put anything out in regards to the fact that he's specious, but I this just want to new information to all of us. And yeah, I, I don't know what we're going to do from this point forward, but this I is think it's fair to say this is Gordo's last episode. Yeah, but most likely is. S1E1 does not believe that Bigfoot is a ghost. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a formal statement. And um, we all we all wholeheartedly. I can't speak on behalf of Nick, but I would like to think that he acknowledges <laughs> that. As well. I didn't say Bigfoot was a ghost. I said Bigfoot is in the world of ghosts, in the universe of ghosts. Everything's in the Everything's universe, in the universe of ghosts. Of ghosts. Yes. Yeah. So, so is a table. It's like it's all in the same universe. I think you're getting confused because Harambe is in the world of ghosts, not Bigfoot. Guys, we just want to let you know, Gordo's just really upset right now and lashing out because he lost so much money in all of his ape NFTs right now <laughs> that he just is in a very bad place. Oh, so your Please bank account's a ghost. <laughs> Gordo's <laughs> NFT restaurant no longer accepts NFTs as currency. Everything has been going downhill. Listen, listen, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with the, with the uh, bored apes. I'm hoping that they all bought them out and I can scoop them all up. They are still super expensive. I know they are, yeah. and it's stupid. It's the dumbest yeah, shit in the entire world. But uh, to move forward, uh, as she's reading this book, we, we get like a pan over to the crowd, and there's maybe not even a dozen people, right? Like maybe about 10 or so people that are sitting there listening. And Kevin's one of them. He's sitting in the back. And he's, it's weird because you would think being an actual medium, like he, his bullshit detector would be up because her experiences are so different than his. Like right away. But yeah, he doesn't pick up on any of that. He's just kind of like, okay, cool. She's the, the hot famous medium and I'm just this lowly schlump. He's got a crush, man, and love makes you blind. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say that. And not, he, not that eloquently. 
as you can did see, anybody these... else in this scene get a weird reference? Did, this felt like a Ghostbusters reference to me, where she's reading a a Ghostbuster, if you know what I mean. <sighs> well, there it is. Uh, you could have used this... that one earlier. You, you said, yeah, up. you can't just double up. <laughs> what are you talking about? I told you my book idea. It would have been way better than Bigfoot of Cox or whatever you said. <laughs> Bigfoot of Cox sounds like a like Sherwood Forest character. It's like Robin of Loxley, Bigfoot of Cox. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I approached his big hairy body, I said, is it true? Big feet, big meat. <laughs> and he went, <laughs> I think you may have killed Gordo regularly, and Ferg's COVID is not going to help him out through this. <laughs> I got the pot, the mute in just in time before I went into a coughing fit. Oh, yeah. So, you know how in Ghostbusters there's that scene where Ray gets the ghost blowjob? Yes. <laughs> and Ghostbusters 1, right? So, she's telling this story about like a, it's a ghost erotica, as Gordo loves. And then they're at an occult bookstore owned by a sort of cantankerous guy. And that's what Ray does in Ghostbusters 2. He owns Ray's occult bookstore. And then you find out in the new movie that he still runs it. And that was kind of a cantankerous old guy. So I thought this, I mean, that's obviously later on after this came out. But I thought that the ghost sex and occult bookstore was possibly a a slight reference to Ghostbusters. Could be. Were you just really excited to use the word cantankerous? Yes. (laughs) So, uh, well, how often do you use cantankerous in your regular life? Especially, I don't I leave the house. Getting to use any descriptive term for anybody is a fun thing for me. <laughs> well, if I had a nickel for every time I've used that word, I'd have zero nickels. So after she reads her excerpt from the book, we get a girl walks up and thanks her for it. And she's the like owner of the bookstore, right? It's handed down in family. She's actually uh, a comedian. I don't know if you guys recognize her. Uh, Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger, yeah, and Samantha B is in this as well. Earlier, so they got a lot of a lot of funny people in it. I like Samantha B. From Samantha B was on the Daily Show for like a decade. No, 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 not her, not her. I know who she is. Um, the other one, Schlesinger. Eliza Schlesinger. She's just a comedian. She's She's familiar. familiar. Like I definitely have seen her in other stuff. It's funny actually. I think like just I follow like Barstool. I think just today I was scrolling through and she popped up on like um. Like an answer to the internet or something like that that they were that they had posted. Were they asking her about her cameo on Dead Meat? Yeah, actually, that was that was the whole <laughs> crux of the whole thing. Dead Meat. Dead Beat. Dead Beat. Oh, I thought <laughs> you said bad. Dead Meat. I did say he Dead did. Meat, which would also be a name for an erotica title, I guess. Boom. <laughs> got one. We workshopped it in, everybody. We got there. So yeah, so she's thanking her for being there and. Now, uh, decided to open it up for some questions from the audience. But she did want to bring up first that her grandfather had died there and thought it'd be fun if, you know, she could channel him and explain what happened because she had been wondering, like, the details of his death. So she kind of puts um, this medium on the spot, right? Like, why don't you give us a little example right now? I feel like it doesn't work that way. Uh, I guess depending on, I don't, who I don't was, buy into a lot of this stuff personally. Me, uh, who was that famous medium that John was on Edwards. TV? What was it? John, John Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. And he was always like, he would just bullshit these poor people who were like. Well, that's what we see here with this girl because she's doing that whole thing that a lot of psychics do the same thing. Like, right. When you go for your reading and they're like, 
they're trying to they get into a light conversation with you and they try to pull a little bit of information and then I think it's called use cold it later. reading. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so that, and that's what that guy John Amber do too. He'd be so, like, it's somebody with a J name, but then half the crowd sits down, so then you come oh back from there. <laughs> so little known, I had a third uncle named John. Like, oh well fuck it must be you, lady. Let's talk. Little known Gordo fact. I like to read tarot cards. And that's actually kind of part of the, the shtick is that you you come with the question and then you make it as kind of you can it, the, the things are so vague that you can fit them into kind of whatever problem you could frame them into whatever problem. That's all astrology. That's, that's not because I'm tarot a tarot card. That's completely no, different. I'm saying that that's all astrology oh, is, though. People. Yes. Fucking. I was well, born yeah. in November. This really does apply to me. This applies to everybody. Yeah, you can make a lot of it work for you, but I know a lot of people who are really into a lot of that stuff. I'm not going to lie and say there's not a lot of crystals and things in my home uh, <laughs> that are not mine. Um, I love crystals. So, uh, you know, I let everybody everybody has their thing. And uh, Crystal Pepsi? Oh, Crystal Pepsi is very good. Billy as Crystal? As long as the case of them doesn't come half smashed. But uh, yeah, so to get back into this, there's so she's now trying to channel the grandfather, right? And you can tell immediately that she's like, bullshitter and it's a lot of uh, i see some negative energy around him is that making sense to you and she's like uh not really he died in a fire oh yeah yeah, yeah. a fire a fire and i see the fire he actually died in a fire trying to save this place right he's trying to save the bookstore that he loved and like so the crowd's all excited right and then the ghost of the grandfather pops up next to kevin and it's like, I hated this place. I'm the one who started the fire. And then Kevin, where she's like, I see negative energy. But like, that doesn't make any sense. He just died in a fire here. But like, oh, I don't know. That seems pretty fucking negative to me. Yeah, it's yeah, like a happy thing. thing. That doesn't That's, like discredit that he died in a fire whatsoever. It should have been something <laughs> yeah. like way off. Like, right. It was one of those happy fires. <laughs> but, um, and again, it's the situation where the grandfather didn't know that there was an actual person who could see him next, next to him. So now they start talking. He realizes, Kevin realizes that Chamomile can't see the grandfather like he can. So now he realizes this girl is making it up. Although you would have thought a minute earlier when she's speaking, you'd be able to pick up on it too. But the guy, the grandfather is saying, hey, you need to tell people the truth. And, you know, I've been trapped here for 20 years. I don't want to be remembered as this martyr for a place that I don't give a damn about. And apparently this is like, it's weird because like, this is the thing holding him back. Like, I can't, I can't move on in the afterlife until I, until people know I didn't like this bookstore that I didn't much. like this shop that I ran. This yeah. though is another one of those things that like starts to, as the show goes on and you get more and more endeared to the character where you're like, oh, he just does this for free because he knows it's a good thing to do for this yeah. person. And that's what makes you like, like him more, right? He helps this no, guy No, he out. doesn't do it for free. Well, he does that. do he it. He does like that because he gets insulted. He does it as revenge. I have a feeling he would have done it anyway. I feel like his character now seems like somebody yeah, said, hey, I'm I don't trapped think he's here. Like, uh, yeah, like in this case, I don't think he's someone who wouldn't help him. So no, he blatantly told him no until they, he said he, he was didn't a want medium to get involved. too, and then they it called him a large. Yeah. It wasn't that he didn't, yeah, he did, it wasn't that he didn't want to help him. He just didn't want to, like, start trouble. And he thought that by, by getting involved, it would, like, kind of cause trouble. But because he's talking to him, now the girl who owns the bookstore and Chamomile can hear him talking and kind of he's disrupting the small group it's a tiny room that they're in and like excuse me we're having a moment here he's like oh sorry i'm having a moment over here too 
Chamomile's like, oh, it's okay. You're probably just a bit confused by my powers. It can be a little scary to people who don't really understand. It's like, no, I understand them just fine. I'm actually a medium myself. And then she goes, really? Because you look like you're a large, which uh, Fergie just mentioned earlier, which gets a laugh from everybody. And it was like such a dickish line on her part. (laughs) This is a joke, though, from I can't I I can't look. I'm pretty sure they stole it. Right. Because this is 2014 and Long Island Medium, which is another medium show where they totally discredited that woman. Um, do you remember that show, Long Island Medium? Yeah, like the Jersey yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not Jersey, Long Island. But Long yeah, Island woman. Like a blonde woman. She's about in her 50s. Yeah, with yeah. the bob. And she's been discredited a bunch now. But in her commercial, every time she walked into a room and go, Hi, I know I look like a lodge, but I'm actually a medium. And fucking <laughs> another one of those things that I said to Kelsey like 10 million times. Because they played that commercial to death. Which then immediately made me think of, I can't remember the name, but there was a comedian who had a joke. They said, I've got a friend named Alexis. She looks like a Buick. And I think it's the funniest <laughs> fucking joke of all time that that uh, reminded me of it. That sounds like a Norm MacDonald line. I was going to say, that sounds like a Rodney joke that he would say about himself. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a good Rodney joke. But yeah, so during this interaction now, now he's kind of like, well, the grandfather's the one actually ed- edging him on. He's like, stick up for yourself. Like, set me free. He's basically doing the Homer thing. Stick up for yourself, Poindexter, which is pretty awesome. And then she's like, well, if you don't mind, like, so they can continue on. He's like, actually, Shelly, I don't mind. I don't mind big time, okay? Your grandfather didn't die trying to save this place. He died trying to set the thing on fire. The only reason he had it in the first place was because, and the grandfather's whispering, like, grandmother loved to read. And he says, your grandmother loved to read. And, you know, when she died, he was like, okay, good. Let's get rid of it. I don't want it anymore. And that he was going to start a restaurant and name it after her father, correct? That was like the plan. And if the restaurant didn't work, he was going to set that on fire too. (laughs) And that's when he's like, okay, enough, enough. (laughs) Her response to the granddaughter, like realizing that it's true. And her response is like, well, that does make sense. Grandpa was a shyster and Gam Gam loved to read. That line fucking destroyed me. I laughed so hard at that. Grandma was a shyster and gam gam loved to read. Fuck me, that is good writing. For where there's really bad writing at the beginning, it really gets better. I, I like that. Um, wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting her to believe him. I was expecting them to all just start like throwing shit at him and throw right. like getting mad. But and you they, see the grandfather um ascend on right once all this came out. Like which is funny again because like that's all he needed to move forward was tell them the truth. And uh, but after he kind of drifts off and. Kevin does have the attention of the crowd because now everyone realizes, like, oh shit, this guy's the real deal. We see Camille, like, gesture to a girl who's sitting in the front row, which we don't know she's, like, affiliated with her up until now. We see her, like, watching on earlier, but she, the girl in the crowd kind of gives her, like, the okay nod to do whatever. And now she starts, like, Camille starts almost convulsing and chanting something, and she's like, Amu abun dishiftaya tukani and like just saying all this kind of gibberish and looking like she, uh, uh, you know she's being possessed or something like that and the crowd's you know paying attention to what she's doing and she finally just bleh, like just spits up and throws up all that blue all over a guy sitting up front who now we're getting the payoff to the slurpy situation she chugs it down so she has something to regurgitate up and Case of emergency, I guess. She's gonna puke. She's gonna puke. I mean, it's kind of a smart thing to do. Like, that's sort of a good last-ditch effort if you're a fake medium. 
Every Imagine being like, oh, she threw up before. on me, and for some reason, ectoplasm tastes smells like blue raspberry. Isn't right. it weird? The afterlife's so interesting. I mean, we had high C ecto ecto cooler, ecto cooler, but that was legit juice, <laughs> and it was known to us to be juice. But yeah, no, it wasn't I'm, Slimer juice. I don't think Slimer is made out of juice now. <laughs> but no, I think it was just one of those things where, like, the way that scene ended. I don't know. It was interesting. Like you got that payoff from the Slurpee thing, and it was her way to get out of it and move forward. And I thought that was a good time to cut too, right? Because if there's anything yeah. beyond that, it would be like that yeah, you have to overexplain. Much. Yeah, way too much. So from there, we see Kevin walking down the street and um, in front of what must be his apartment because he sees what he thinks is a tag sale, and he's excited until he realizes that it's all of his stuff. And again, another great line. He's like, ooh, tag sale. What do we get? Oh, I already have all this stuff. Like, it's yeah. so stupid that it's funny. And the uh, landlord comes out, and he's basically telling him that he's out of there. And, and he did say earlier when he was at the drug dealer's house, like, oh, I'm probably homeless right now. So he knew he was behind. And, you know, it was kind of any day now when this was going to come up. But as he's trying to get his stuff, all of a sudden, uh, the older woman earlier, the Nona, walks up. And decides, like, I'm going to buy everything. And the landlord offers, I'll give you everything for, what, like, $500, something like that. And he's like, I'll give you 30 Also in this scene, too, which we, we, you, you, we didn't talk about it because it's right before this, and they're going through this stuff where, for some reason, he just stole the plunger from the Museum of Modern Art. Yes. <laughs> like, that's a, a joke there. It's like, why would he steal the plunger? He thought it was worth money just because someone wrote MoMA on it. <laughs> he was like, oh, it could be art. I mean, he's not wrong. It could. There's a lot of weird interpretive art. There, I guess I mean, there is Art a is subjective. But um, yeah, so, and it was weird because it was the landlord. So the landlord put all his stuff out to make some money back to try to recoup some of the money owed to him. But he's not actually kicking him out. Yeah, that struck me as very weird. That, like, he just wouldn't, like, change the locks and be like, here's your shit. Yeah, uh, that makes more sense if he's like, you're out of here and kicks him out, kicks him out. But instead he's like, I just took a bunch of your belongings and put them outside, but you could still come back in. Yeah, yeah, none of that makes sense. So after the landlord walks off with his now $30, you have the moment between Kevin and his grandma and they're able to talk a little bit. And she tells him, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Daniel and, you know, when we were young and he used to write me letters. And on the envelope, he would always just put a single letter A. And when I saw the tile that you left, it reminded me of that. And it made me think about how much he meant to me. So, you know, maybe you're not my type, but, you know, it's something I've got to do. So I'm in. Now he's excited. He's like, oh, great, you're in. Uh, this, you know, makes me so happy. But, um, but hang on. And because, again, all this stuff is outside because of this um, little sale that was going on, he has, like, this little, like, ceramic... Was it a bunny or a cat or something? I think it was a, a bunny. But he, uh, he p- takes the top of it off and pulls out a bag of mushrooms. And he informs her that, you know, to be able to do this, his mind needs to be more, like, mushable and in a dark state. And he needs to be on a really bad trip to be possessed, which is interesting, right? I, um, Which I imagine is one of those things, too, where it's, like, leading to, like, and as we go on, you're going to see this dude have all sorts of weird mushroom adventures because you right. imagine he's going to have to be possessed again because i would have thought yeah a ghost can just kind of get in there if they need to i think that was a cover-up and he was taking them to be able to fuck this old lady i don't know because when you see him physically we'll see in a moment right well there's a specific moment where 
the ghost finally of Daniel enters his body. And it looks like he was right at that mental state he needed to be at right when um, it happened. We'll talk about that in a second. So we get into the house and they're in the attic. Now, again, they have to go back to this Korean family's attic. So now he's just walking up there with this old lady in a nighty to be like, okay, um, going to get rid of this ghost now. But yeah. Trust me. This is part of it. <laughs> I feel like, like you is said earlier, you get a little liberal with, uh, you know, this is what you got to do. Yeah. I hope there's some transparency with this couple where they understand why this woman's like coming upstairs with them, but and stealing their kimchi mayo and asking where the lube is. <laughs> you know what's funny? There? It it didn't dawn because that's that's the first the dialogue is as she enters, he asks her if she got any lube. He's like, all they had was kimchi mayo, and I wasn't thinking about how they were in the Korean like couple's house. I'm yeah. thinking she went to a store and that was like all she could find. And now no, it makes so much more sense. Stole yeah. their spicy mayo for a sex loop from their cupboard, <laughs> which they will very much regret. Yeah, it's not going to be fun for anybody. He starts taking the mushrooms and she's acting like, you know, do you feel anything yet? And he's saying it's hard to tell, but you're cutting and you see like this like weird, blurry fisheye thing with these like baby Cupid type things floating around his uh, her head. So you can see that, you know, he's he's feeling something. I've never done the acid, so I can't tell you it's if that's... mushrooms. Oh, mushrooms. I have not done the mushrooms either. I have. I, I haven't have. either, but I have been told to microdose. Don't do that. That's not fun. Well, I don't want to get that, high. I just don't want to take hard drug pills. Stop, stop, stop. Because if you're going to microdose, you're going to eventually fuck up. You will. It's just a matter of time before you eat just that little bit and you've built it up in your system and then your ass is going to be tripping and you're going to be like in your office or, you know, in a meeting or whatever and you're going to be tripping sack. And that's not good. It happens to everybody. I think the world really needs me doing that, right? <laughs> being on a work call and being like, oh, no. But that's what I'm saying. Like you would, it, it, over time, you're building up that that mushrooms in your system and you can't because they're mushrooms you're not going to get the an extract of psychocillin you're going to fuck it up you're going to eat this that little bit of a mushroom too much and your ass is done your ass is grass as we say is this in the episode i don't know why not i'm 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 laying down some knowledge here well gordon was giving us some mushroom knowledge since we don't really know a lot of it. Sure. So um so I guess like my other question here is is this visual portrayal of a trip accurate? Kind of. I mean no. in the not no not not so much that you're seeing something, but I mean I've always gotten like the spinny head. I got the waves. Yeah. That sounds horrifying. But I, I didn't want, see any like I don't want to invite that into my life. No, so, I didn't see Cupid. When I when I went when I took him, I went to the Museum of Science, and I could have swore the fucking T-Rex out front was breathing, and it really put me in a bad place. That's, that's, see, that, that, that sounds, sounds horrifying. Miserable. People always tell me stories like that, and I'm like, none of that sounds fun. <laughs> I don't like not being in control of the situation, and if there's a point where like I literally don't have control of like what my body is interpreting, that sounds like absolute torture. None of that sounds even remotely fun. So I will say this, like I do have mild depression. After I've taken mushrooms, it's cleared up for like a considerable amount of time. 
And that's no joke. Yeah. And that's why I keep people keep telling me they're like, don't, you know, because I went through a bunch of pills for things like that and they all were awful. People were like, so try if this. You're depressed. Take mushrooms, trip, everybody. Trip once and it's good for, for six Gordo. months to a year, depending on your system. I don't want to trip, though. All right. So moving right along, uh, <laughs> after he does uh, the mushrooms, he hands her this list and she asks what it is. And he says, this is a list of my insecurities. Mushrooms only get me halfway there. I need to be completely broken down emotionally and physically. Um, so if you would be so kind. So she starts reading off the list and says, you're a loser. Your only friend is your drug dealer. Your breath smells like spoiled conchetta. And he's like, wait, was that on there? It's like, no, nah, it's just a pitch. I, I, I actually like that from her. I thought that was like witty the way she replied. It was a good delivery. She continues on saying, for only a few acting credits, she's, she's pretty good. Yeah, no, she's pretty quick. You've been in the same business for 10 years and you have nothing to show for it. You finally met the girl of your dreams and now you got your heart broken because you turned out to not be who you thought she was. And now you're giving up on love and you've resolved to spend the rest of your life alone. And you just cut to him just like sitting there crying, looking down and totally <laughs> broken. And that's you know, the perfect the ghost, time to have sex. <laughs> yeah. Now, now the ghost finally enters his body. Um, yeah. I didn't know if he needed that. When he said that he needed that, I didn't know if it was he needed that for sex or if he needed that to be possessed. I think yeah, that's I feel like joke. it's a little column A, column B, maybe. Yeah. So the ghost enters him, and there's like a quick flash in his face where you can kind of see Daniel in his face a little bit briefly. And now it cuts to like the grandmother is her younger self now, and Kevin is Daniel, and they're interacting for the first time in years. Now. I guess that's, so that's how that scene, like, does she morph into her old self in this moment? Like, is what the we're seeing the reality? see each other as their older selves, and I don't think he's, I don't know. I just, it's hard to gauge this. I mean, this yeah. is like a sweet moment, because they make all the jokes come after it, so. And the thing is, it's it's the pilot, so we don't have any precedent. So we don't know, yeah. like, if there's other ones, or how, like, other people react to the possessions and stuff. And uh, as we find out, Nona and her younger self, quite the looker. Was it the and same actress that played the granddaughter? No, I thought no, so maybe at first, so. but they're a little different. Okay. I and think they missed, they missed out on an opportunity to recreate the um the scene from Ghost with the potter. <laughs> oh. And whoopee. Okay, I'll right, whoopee. He says, um, you know, you're more beautiful than the day I shipped off. I'm so glad I have a second chance. And she gets up and there's a kind of scene where she opens her blouse up and again very nice looking woman and they went with the period appropriate bras that are so insane looking yes yeah i did notice that so uncomfortable um a lot more like wires and yeah it's they're interesting they've certainly shaped a very specific like pointed out cone type way it was like yeah it looks like it must be so uncomfortable to wear you know asks if he's ready and now we get into this little it wasn't graphic but they have their like sex scene and you see him on top of her and um they're you know fornicating and they're going at it a little bit and they're both moaning and uh right at the climax is when daniel leaves the body so now it cuts to kevin and nona in her more um aged version like modern day so it's like it, he comes the ghost out into a light bulb it's a yes. really weird scene yeah and it only lasted a couple of seconds did you notice earlier too when the um, when the grandfather at the bookstore 
he left. went into he a book. He also went into a, like a. I thought he went into the lamp next to the book. Oh, maybe I, I. I thought he flew into the book, but there was a lamp right there. Maybe it was that. Kind of looked like he fluttered away. So yeah, um, let's rewatch that. Yeah, I, I believe <laughs> we it was all a lamp saw both something times. different. No, I think both times it was <laughs> they go into like a light fixture. So, but yeah, I guess we'd have to rewatch, right? And now you see the Scrabble tiles on the ground spell out "thank you," and then. Uh, this I thought was pretty telegraphed as well. Yeah, this was again, the joke where I was like, I know exactly where go this again. is going. Yeah, <laughs> Grandma asks, you know, do you want to go again? It's like, you know, it's it's me right now, uh, Mrs. Danucci. It's like, I'm game if you are. Then immediately pushes his head down. Yes. So she wanted some <laughs> cunnilingus. I'm game if you are. She wanted She wanted. It's like be- Chekhov's gun, though, right? Like he mentioned cunnilingus in the beginning of it. She wanted Kevin to treat her the way he treats an Angus, an Angus burger. burger. The way he treats Angus Bethune. Also, to go back to that Breaks at the notes. top of the episode, have you ever heard someone just say Angus Burger like that? Like, really, like, emphasize the Angus part of it? Only on commercials for, for restaurants. fast food restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Fast food restaurants love being like, and it's an Angus Burger. Yeah. Like, that's some kind of rich thing. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> give me a nice heard, Wagyu Burger, man. Yeah, you right. never heard someone say like, hey, you guys want to come by? I'm having a cookout. I'm going to have some sausages, some Angus Burgers. Like, it's just not said yeah, that it's never. People usually only like, for to like Wagyu or like the any any burger that the cow lived on an island and was like fed beer and lived a better life than we island did. That's cow. what they do. <laughs> No, but you know who probably does have good Angus burgers? Omaha Steaks. No, they do believe Omaha Steaks does have Angus burgers. You know what? I'll say this. They don't have great burgers. I've had their burgers. And you know what? They didn't fucking sponsor us, so they can go fuck themselves. Well, I will say uh, ButcherBox has great burgers, and if they'd like to sponsor me, that'd be fantastic. And uh, remember, you can go to Omaha Steaks and put in the promo code S1E1. I I still don't think it's going to work, but if enough people do it, maybe one day they'll look us up and figure out what's going on, and maybe hook us up with some chicken wings or something. And if you yeah, do, I'll take back my fuck you. Yeah. You, ha- you have an opportunity, Omaha Steaks. You have an opportunity to turn Ferg back around. You lost the customer. Does he actually dislike your burgers, or is he just hurt? We'll find out in the future. Ferg, here's the thing, though. You've eaten one of their burgers before, but have you ever, have you ever eaten it out? Because it appears to me that that's the real key to it. That's true. I've never done con- conolingus to a uh, Angus burger from Omaha Steaks. Conolingus. Burgerlingus. And his cousin Analingus. <laughs> well, if it's Allie McBeal's eating the burger. Yeah. <laughs> but she's <Analingus>. dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so. The next scene we have Kevin, he's back outside. And he's walking along, and we see Chamomile and the girl who's sitting in the front row, the one who's obviously in, like, cahoots with her, are sitting in the back of a cab together. And they spot him, and she's like, pull over. That's him. And she runs out, and she says, listen to me, you hungry, hungry hippo. It's like, I don't know who you are or what your game is, but if you ever pull a stunt like that again, I'm going to rip your balls off and turn them into tiny, mini, dangling earrings. She asks if she's making herself clear. She says, yes, perfectly. And he said, hey, I'm just there to help. And she's like, I don't need your help. No, I mean, I was just trying to help somebody else. And she says, no, no one needs your help. I help people. I'm there to give them closure. And he goes, well, how does vomiting blue slushy help give people closure? And she was like, she didn't know that he knew that it was slushy. So now she's like, how did he know that? 
then just grabs his balls. <laughs> and this was this part I liked because he's like, Do you understand? And he's like, Yes, yes, yes. And as she's holding his balls, he goes in for the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> he is a damaged man. So I, I did find that funny. So, uh, but she rejects the offer for the kiss and slaps him and then I think knees him to the ground and. If she um, knees him in the jump. Him, yeah, knees him and causes him to throw up. This confused me. Why did he throw up the blue? There is a scene where you see him drinking a slushy like okay. on his own. Before. Yeah, he no. bought one to see if it was something weird that she was doing. No, no, no. Do you think that he, after she put it in the trash, he picked it up and drank it because no. it was fucking weird? <laughs> no, you no, saw him like... So. He's, first off, she basically finished and she hers anyways. It. Yeah. Yeah, the no, amount that he threw up was left. more than was left in there. Very little, but you do see him drinking one on his own later on. It is okay. there. I must have missed oh, him. Okay. It's, it's, I a must small, have missed it's a small it. detail, and they probably, because they're going to call back to it, probably should have shown you a little more to make, not like totally give it away, but to just kind of make it something that you would have taken a note of. What they should have had them do was when he saw her chug it, he's thinking she's super successful. He goes and buys one, does the same to try to imitate her career to see, to see what she's doing power. Yeah. yeah and what we i thought was how it would have been weird earlier that the first one smelled like blue raspberry on that guy but this one's gonna smell like blue raspberry but he also just ate out an old lady and was told that his <laughs> oh. breath smelled like spoiled pancetta so i can't even imagine how bad that had to smell. dust comes out of his mouth instead of- <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to remember now because uh sometimes you know, i'm gonna be completely honest here Sometimes as I'm like I'm reading my notes, so I'm not like I'm just trying to read and speak and be you know quick enough. I don't remember if I said pancetta properly. I think I butchered I don't it. Think you did, and I don't think I I think I completely butchered it and oh, didn't did you think say about it, wrong? it. I think I was just reading it phonetically as I was going through quickly, and until you said it, it didn't flag in my brain. I'm like, oh, I fucked that up. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> hey guys, listen back. If you heard me say something wildly incorrect earlier, I apologize, and now you know why that happened. Your breath smells like spoiled conchetta. But well, um, I didn't notice it if you did, so. Well, that's good. Yeah, I didn't pick up on it. Well, that's good, so I called myself out. Um, but, yeah, th- what I thought was interesting is the scene closes with, she gets back into the car with that girl, and the last shot is, like, that girl looking out the window at him, and I, and I felt like they were foreshadowing a little bit, like, this girl's going to have a lot more to do with the show, and... My early guess, and I have no knowledge because I haven't watched anything else, is that she's going to somehow become romantically tied to this guy, like the friend. I, I she seems sinister to me. Yeah. She does. She does. But Especially, I, she, she seems like she's definitely evil, and obviously she's lying, right? She's not a real medium. I think, yeah, it's like the, the, girl's I think in control. The, the, the blonde girl, I don't think is a bad person. I think she, like, like she's a bitch, obviously, like in a fake, but. The friend seems sinister to she's me. She's the one like she running gave some, the show. Like, weird, she gave some weird looks in the bookshop, and then she gave that yeah. weird look at the very end. And I'm like, yeah, she's definitely like the manager, the handler who's taking all the money, so I, can't I, let the gravy yeah. train dry up. I just thought that maybe she was. Um, they're gonna pivot, and somehow she's gonna become interested in Kevin or something. No, well, I, I think I it's we'll gonna see. be the opposite. I think it's gonna be the blonde girl. Because no, uh, I don't see that game. happening. But who knows? I guess they can make her a more sympathetic character if you learn more about her. 
and again, this is interesting, right? Because this is a show that we all legit are going in fresh, so we don't know. So it's it's kind of fun to have that perspective and not know the actual future yet. But that was it. Yeah, that was the conclusion of the episode. Yeah, that's the end. And that's why we have all these questions. Which I guess well, could then, be a good thing, right? Yeah. No, no, no. It's I guess great now thing, we'll find actually. out if anybody's going to go in for episode two, and we'll have to find out more. You know, now that we're done, there's, there's like one note I had on the show. I don't know if you guys have read it. I'm sure you probably did. There wasn't a lot on the show, note-wise. But did you guys see that James Eha, the um, the original guitarist from the Smashing Pumpkins, does all the scores for the first season? Yeah, we were I did talking about that. that earlier. And I audibly went, oh, yuck. You don't like the Smashing Pumpkins? I do not you, like the Smashing Pumpkins. Everything. I like the Smashing Pumpkins. They're a band I have not seen live yet, and I think would be a good time. Well, despite all my rage, I am just a guy who does a podcast. Boo. And, yeah, terrible. Uh, Joey, and I feel like you and Billy Much Corgan, like that band songs. You guys would get along swimmingly. Like, he loves that old nostalgic wrestling the same he way. Does he does like old shitty wrestling. He owns NWA now. Oh, I'm yeah, sure I could have power. a beer and a lot of conversations with that guy. I just imagine that I would tell him we should stick this conversation to wrestling because we shouldn't talk about music. Gordo, you mean power? Nothing against the people. Yeah, I was going to say power. Power. <laughs> We're guards. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was the conclusion of the episode. Uh, guys, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to mention or add to this before we move on. Um, no, really. I think we covered it. I mean, this was an interesting show that was very, very fast-paced with tons and tons of dialogue. Uh, and it was an interesting watch. And I, I think it would be probably for anybody out here who's listening to this who hasn't seen it. I think that you might enjoy watching it while not having to sort of analytically take notes as well. Yeah. Uh, more. Yeah. I, I'm going to rewatch it. Just to sort yeah, of see it and I've see if I can before, I try it a to give it like a, a once over. I try to, when I have time, I try to watch an episode free of note taking, just watch it. And then I'll go back and kind of deep dive and take my notes and watch it with a little more critical eye. Um, because this is certainly a show that as we went through it, there was a lot of stuff to pick apart. And I don't know uh, the, the style of the show. I don't know if it's really meant to really dive in the way we did but you know what it felt like it felt like this show was made for the usa network if i thought the exactly same exact like thing i was gonna say that like this would have been on yeah. after usa high no this would have come on after monk ended <laughs> uh, no but jay it's an interesting point that you brought up about it whether or not the show should be analyzed or not because i feel like a show like this actually kind of benefits from the analysis because there were so many little things in there that you might have glossed over. It's, um, I think sometimes it's the difference between a good show and a great show. So a show like this doesn't need, like it, it's relying more on the, on the light jokes, the comedy, the simplicity of some of the storytelling, but it's the, the shows that are the same, but take the little effort to have those little details taken care of, even though they're insignificant. Like and you catch them and then you appreciate them. I think it it adds a lot. And I think they kind of didn't do a lot of that stuff. There's a few little things here and there, but the writing of this episode was very simple, right? It was one linear story. You're following him along. There's not like an A story and a B story. There's nothing going on without the main character there. You're just following him at all times. I don't think there was a single scene that he wasn't in, right? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. so. I think it's pretty much him the whole time. The only time was the old lady alone with the piece right. when she found it and that's just because he just left the only right. time i can think of him not being there 
in the quick like sex scene when it turns into the younger beat. Yeah, it's but, not he him, but he's technically there. there. But, but he's, he's there, technically yeah. there. Yeah, there's no time where like two side characters are talking off doing something without him being present. But yeah, no, um we we've kind of dug into this pretty good and I think the only thing left to do is the green ladder cancel, so um let's start with Ferg. All right, um I'll start with um I really like the main actor of this show. I'm sorry, I always forget his name, but he's in uh, Dale and Tucker vs. Evil, which is a really good horror movie. He was also he was a sidekick in a lot of different shows in the early 2000s, and him just being in this from tw- in 2014 to me made it feel a lot older for some reason. Like it felt like an early 2000s show just because he was in it, and that's not his fault, and it's not even a complaint. This was a rare time that we, we've we had shows that we've reviewed and I've been ready to cancel and us just breaking it down just changed my mind and made me pass them. This almost, I almost had the opposite effect with this where I came in fully intended to pass this and all of our breaking down made me almost, it's like on the line of canceling it. But when we're done with this, I intend to actually go finish the show. So it did enough to make me come back for a second episode. So it's going to get the green light still. So yeah, green light from me. Gordo. A lot like Ferg, I came in ready. I came in hot. I came in ready to be like, this is the easiest green light ever. But talking through it, it's still good. Like the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger at the end is what is making me want to watch the second episode. I'm hoping that the second episode goes like the two-thirds of the episode that seemed like they hit their stride because if it ends up being like more like the first part of the episode i don't think i'd like it but i do have a curiosity to see the second episode because i do want to follow this character i do want to see where this is going uh yeah green light for me joe yeah this show is kind of like a tale of two cities man right like it's it's a very bad beginning and a very good end like the middle you i mean i went into this watching it going i don't i'm not gonna like this it's so obvious the jokes are so telegraphed like you know it's gonna be an older woman like you you just know where it's going right but it started getting charming and interesting and the writing started getting better and it started getting funnier like the you're not a lesbian you're just going through a phase because you're in mourning is like the literal point where you can like put a stake down in this episode and go okay it's better now like, the writing changed, everything's good. Um, I think that because of that, I mean, I'm very intrigued to watch another one. I already told Kelsey, I was like, I think you'll like this. I'll watch the first one again if you want to try it and see more of it. Because I am intrigued by where this goes. I like all the cast. I mean, Samir from Office Space is in this episode. How can you say no to that? Uh, that's a green light for me. Yeah, and I do want to mention real quick, before we even, before I get into it, uh, Nick did hit us up beforehand. He said that this is an easy green light for him. And he said that he can't think of a show that, you know, we've done recently that he's wanted to watch the next episode more. So, uh, green light for him as well. And as far as I go, um, it, it's tricky, right? So I said in the beginning, I upfront did not like the beginning of this episode at all. I didn't think the first scene made any sense. It was, wasn't funny to me. I thought his character was a little too much that, Conalangus thing is like it was too stupid and like I don't know I just couldn't relate to this character at all. It's weird because between that and between all the predictable 
storytelling, there's a lot of negatives and a lot of little holes here, but it seemed like there was a lot of, um, a lot of reason to want to continue. There's a lot of little things that happen along the way that were interesting to me. And I was like, okay, it's starting to take form a little bit. I'm a little curious about where this is going to go. I'm ultimately going to green light it, but this is like the most borderline green light I've ever given. And that being said, that's very funny because we are now at a five for five. So congrats to Deadbeat. But I will say maybe the most borderline five for five we have of the bunch so far. I feel like there was a lot of us could have went one way or the other. This one really, um, it did just enough to be curious, right? Like I can see myself when I watched this, I, I could see this being a show that I would be like, oh, I'm going to start watching this. And then like three or four episodes and get bored with it and be like, nah, and not even finish this, the season. But we'll find out. You, you, I guess ultimately, if you want to watch episode two, that's really enough to green light a show, right? So that being said, again, congrats. Five out of five. You do live on to see another episode with us. So again, guys, thank you for listening. S21pod.com is a place to go to find all the links to where you want to listen to us, um, all the social media. S21pod on Instagram, Twitter. I say this at the end of every episode. I do love the interaction. So keep hitting us up. Give us suggestions. Let us know how you feel about an episode. We're always listening. It's, it's a lot of fun for us to interact with you guys and know our audience and where you guys are coming from. It, it has been really cool to see over this last now year and a half. Um, everything grow and more people listening, engaging with us. It's, it, it is a lot of fun. So we would like you guys to continue doing that. And, you know, I'll say that, you know, I'm going on a whim here. If you listen this deep into the episode, I'm going to say something right now. We have not gotten a lot of reviews on iTunes lately. So if you're on Apple and you live in the lower 48 continental U.S., the next person to give us a review on iTunes, I will send you a care package. So let us know if you can do that. If you do that for me and you send a review on iTunes and then you show it, uh, you can hit us up on Instagram or Twitter and prove it after the fact. First person to do that, we will it. send you a small care package. So let us know. But again, lower 48 only. Sorry to all the people listening. We have a lot of people who have hit us up from other areas and we, we totally love and appreciate you guys. But I'm just not willing to pay all that shipping right now. So um, again, lower 48, hit us up on iTunes and we'll take care of that for you but let's wrap this up guys again thank you guys all for listening we appreciate it so much tune in again next week for episode 4 in our October spooky Halloweeny supernatural not cryptozoology block that we're <laughs> doing right now um, thank you guys again we'll catch you next week goodbye I think we got the best paranormal festivities <laughs> how about paranormal festivities <laughs>